Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Yes, indeed, this morning I am joined, and we're glad to uh, introduce, if you're new to the show, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. I'm delighted to be here today. Uh, we're, it's always fun when uh, when you're on the radio like you and your uh, your colleagues, Mary and Julie. We have a lot of fun here. Don't tell the boss, but we do have a lot of fun. Don't uh, tell the, the boss. I love Mary and Julie, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And as our regular listeners know, we tend to get really busy during this hour. We talk, again, lawns and gardens. So if you have any kind of a question related to uh, your lawn or your garden, by all means, you can call Teresa, or if it's easier, send Teresa your text. Just one number. We'll get it done, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. I mentioned uh, off-air to you, Teresa, that uh, I... Uh, I was a little lazy this fall, and I didn't get, I didn't get to to get my leaves. And I we have tons of leaves here, and I know that's you, you can't leave two feet or more of leaves on your uh, lawn because what'll happen? Well, then you won't have a lawn in the spring. Yeah. Yes. So if you're going for a new garden, that's a great way to start a new garden. Just leave a pile of leaves there. That's a great way to start the garden. However, if you need your lawn in the spring. Take the leaves off. Uh, today would be a great day to get out there and do that. Um, it's a good day to get out there and protect your plants from uh, the rabbits and the deer and the, the mice that might be out there during the wintertime and want to eat those plants. So put up your chicken wire, your hardware cloth. Um, put up the burlap to protect all those evergreens uh, from the snowplows and any de-icing stuff that you might be throwing at them, the harsh winds. Uh, and if you have bare soil, uh, cover that up. Take some of Denny's leaves and put that over the soil. Yeah. you got to protect all. that bare soil. I'll Take give you a deal all. today. You can have them all. Now, <laughs> uh, tr- truthfully, though, uh, Teresa, that if you have a garden, whether it be vegetable or flowers or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, put leaves on there, leave leaves there. Now, what is there a? Is there a level of too much, too many leaves uh, on a garden? Or, there's, or? there's really not in the wintertime because you want to make sure that the ground is frozen. And then you can put your winter uh, protection on top of that bare soil. If you have mulch already on the soil, that's okay. You don't have to worry about it. But you don't want to leave bare soil exposed to the winds and, and mm. all that erosion that happens all winter long and, and the soil destruction that can happen all winter long. So you want to cover up that soil. Put a blanket on it. And once the snow comes, then you have another blanket on top of that. But if the snow isn't there yet, which it's melted away in many places, you want to make sure you've covered that up. 
any new plants that you have out there that you planted this year, you want to make sure you give them some extra protection. They're going into winter with not a super good root system, so you don't want them to pop out of the ground in the middle of January due to winter. Um, the winter frost just pops them out of the ground. So you want to cover up those those soils. And now's a good time, too, if your soil is bare and you need some uh, winter dormant seeding, now's a good time to, to dormant seed because we're going to get snow later on in the season. However, up north, you're probably so blanketed with snow, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you brought up a topic. I, I know we're going to hear more from our listeners about that very thing, and I'm, I was hoping to do that very thing, too, as soon as I get these leaves out of the way. <laughs> You don't You've want got to a just, busy day ahead of you. You, you, you don't want to throw grass seed on top of leaves. That's no, not going to no, work. that that doesn't work. The only thing that's going to do is is rot, or it's going to feed mice that then can come in and do some more damage, or feed birds. And the bird feed is fine, but it's expensive bird food. There's cheaper bird food out there to to feed the bird and more nutrition. Black oil, sunflower seeds would be my choice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you, so if you're going to dormant seed, you want to make sure the seed can be touching the soil. Yeah, it has to be that contact. Yep, if the soil is frozen, that's okay. Um, But you have to have seed-to-soil contact. So if you're not going to get that, don't don't dormant seed. That's not going to help you. Again, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to chat or uh, ask a question of uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, now is your chance at 651-461-9226. Uh, text is, we got a bunch of texts coming in as we speak. Excellent. Uh, I've seen, Texter says, a lot of maple trees that hardly, I don't know, it says, uh, have any leaves. I'm I'm sure, I think there's a I'm sure they haven't, they've lost their, they haven't lost their leaves yet. I think that's, yeah, that should be lost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why is that, is the question. You know, it's just the weird weather that we have. Sometimes it doesn't senesce the little, the little ligaments that attach to the the leaf to the to the stem that doesn't break it'll break during the winter with the winds and things like that but some plants like oaks have a real hard connection so they don't lose their leaves until the spring sometimes um it's just some years we see this happen a lot where maybe the 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 frost comes in too hard it's been so late and so late and then suddenly we get these frosts and it doesn't go through the proper motion so to speak it's nothing that you can really wor- do nothing really to worry about the only thing i was wor- would worry about is if you have a newly planted maple and it's got a lot of leaves on it and there may be breakage then if we get a heavy snow. So if you can go out there and gently pull those leaves off or do something just to watch it so that it's not going to get so so um, weighed down by a heavy, heavy, heavy snow that limbs would break then. Otherwise, there's not much you really have to do or worry about. It's just some years are weird, and this has been a weird year. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. Uh, I know we're expecting snow. I'm not sure how much, but uh, this coming Tuesday, at least here in the Twin Cities. So we'll see. We we do yeah. need that snow cover, though. That's, we, that's, we need the snow yeah. cover. And I heard from many gardeners who were really happy that the snow was wet when it first came down. And we need the snow yeah. cover. And I heard from many gardeners who were really happy that the snow was wet when it first came down. And we're all like, oh, good. We need the moisture. Everybody yeah, true. Was, uh, we were We were... We we were shoveling, but we're all like, oh, thank goodness we need the moisture because we need it so badly. We're so droughty, but yeah. Teresa, here's a good question, a, a text, and I know we have to break here momentarily. Uh, texter says, if I cut buckthorn and treat with glyphosate this afternoon, do you think it will be effective? 
You know, I'm not sure what the temperature is on that. I would read the temperature for that that kind of uh, what would happen. I, I think it might have to be warmer. The tree may not, or the branch may, the stump may not translocate that that if it's not actively growing or actively growing enough. It probably won't hurt, um, meaning that it. But you might be wasting your time. But I would I would read I would read the instructions. Which you should always do anyway. Which you should always do because the, the labeling is the law. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Teresa, good to have you here. Uh, hang on. We're going to take a, a quick break, inviting our listeners to join in by asking their lawn or garden question, either by phone or by text. And that number is 651-461-9226. This is the 26th of November. We expect highs in the Twin Cities near 52 today. We'll be back. On News Talk 830, this is WCCO. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering those questions. And we have callers and we have texters, uh, Teresa, so let's put you back to work. I think first up, Sharon calling in from Eden Prairie this morning. Thank you, Sharon. What's your question for Teresa? Good morning. What a beautiful day. Yeah. Um, I re- yes. I, re- I received my um, allium bulbs from Holland, and I'm not going to get them put in. How should I store them over winter? Hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, if you can't get them into the ground, perhaps you can pot them up in, in, a, in a container and then put them in your re- a refrigerator that you're not using uh, that would keep them cool. That would be wonderful. Give them a drink of water every once in a while because most of the, re- the um, refrigerators dehumidify. They take out the moisture. If you keep apples in those refrigerators, I wouldn't do that. Uh, if you can just keep them in a cool location, if you have a root cellar, that would be fantastic. Um, you want to keep them just above freezing. Uh, that will that would be good. And then with a little bit of humidity around them, you don't want them so dry that they dry out, but you don't want them so wet that they mold up either. Uh, it's really hard to keep bulbs over winter in our homes because it gets so dry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good luck uh, with that, Sharon. That's a thanks, tough Sharon. One. If you and that leaves the line open, if you want to chat with uh, Teresa Rooney, fine, call us, or uh, if it's easier, send a text six five one four six one nine two two six. What is next? All right. If uh, Texter says, if I seed now and put straw a straw blanket over the top, is that my best chance for success in the spring? I'm assuming they're meaning winter, uh, the 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 dormant seeding of grass. That sounds like yeah. I was yep. questioning so that if, myself. So if if you can get that grass down on those seeds onto the soil, and then we should get some snow. You don't have to put the, the, the straw over the top of it. That would be wonderful if you can get that. The seed needs to be touching the soil, so you want really good seed-to-soil contact. So once you put the seeds down, maybe put a roller over it or walk on it or press it into the soil with the back of the rake. You don't want to bury them. You just want to, to touch the soil. Um, and then if you can, if you need to disguise it with a little bit of straw from the birds that are coming through until we get the snow, that's okay. I would just do a very light uh, a very light straw, though. You don't need a heavy, heavy blanket. Okay. You know, maybe this is a good point, uh, Teresa, to mention 
even though it's the 26th of November. There is a great uh, lawn section in, uh, in at the university's website, extension.umn.edu. It kind of takes you through the whole season or seasons, actually. It gives uh, you really good ideas yeah. for the whole season, what you can expect next year. So if you've missed your, your windows this year, which a lot of us have for certain things, you can go in there and say, what can I do in the spring to get this started? How can I get going in the spring? What what should I be doing? You know, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Oh, my lawn was all weeds. I really need to start over again. And how do I do that in the spring? Or, hey, I just have a few little problems. I can take care of those very easily in the spring by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah, it gives you a good time time frame reference too mm-hmm. to do uh, fertilizing, whatever you yep. you need to extension. Yeah, and this it covers more than more than just lawns. More than it's just lawns. Oh my, what yep. a great Ex- resource! Yep, extension.umn.edu. And sometimes, if you just need to see a little bit of green, go there and go ahead and just just travel outside of your winter body for a little while and Absolutely. enjoy the flowers. <laughs> it's a great resource. It is. Uh, speaking of uh, dormant seeding, <clears throat> excuse me, can you dormant seed white clover? Not, I mean, you could. Uh, it just is not as effective. I would wait until spring. Spring is the best time to uh, actually seed the clover. So just hold off on the clover seeds. Just keep them somewhere where they where they aren't going to get too cold. They're not going to get too hot. Uh, just in a nice cool location and to then just seed first thing in the spring as soon as everything starts waking up in your yard. I've noticed, maybe it's not a big trend, but I've noticed over the years, uh, Teresa, that uh, many people would call or text wanting to get rid of white clover, but Mm -hmm. I see kind of a trend. People want to get that growing again. And why is that a good thing to have white clover? Well, back in before the 50s, before the advent of all of the uh, wonderful scientific and fertilizers and everything else, people had a mix of clover in their lawn. Clover is a nitrogen fixer. It's a short-lived plant, but it will self-seed. It's not going to take over your lawn, though. What happens with the clover is as it grows, the roots have nodules on them that actually grab nitrogen from the soil and hold it. And then as that plant dies dies, or those roots die off, they release the nitrogen back into the soil. And if you remember from your fertilizer, nitrogen is the first number, and that's the thing that helps grass have green leaves. It helps plants have green leaves, so you want lots of nitrogen in your soil. So it's a free fertilizer, actually. And most of the reason, though, that people are doing it now is because they're doing bee lawns. We understand how precious our bees are and our pollinators. So having a bee lawn or clover in your lawn is a wonderful place for the bees to get their, their nutrition so that they can be active in our environment. And um, just by the wayside, clover is the favorite food of bunnies. So if you want to oh, keep yeah. bunnies from one area, plant clover <laughs> in another area because it's like pizza or ice cream to bunnies. They would prefer that over your lettuces or anything else. So plant a bunch of clover somewhere else and the bunnies will stay away, maybe from your other plants. And I'm thinking about the pollinators. Uh, besides the, that white clover, what else can people and what, what else do people grow in their yards now for, for the pollinators? You know, that's a good thing um, to think of because we do have the Lawns to Legumes program uh, in the state of Minnesota that actually helps people put in bee lawns. But you can think of anything that's short, 
that has flowers and that can take a little bit of walking on. So if you have a real sunny, dry area, instead of trying grass, why not just try like a creeping thyme, which is a wonderful herb. You don't have to cook with it. You can walk on it a little bit. It's not going to take like a football traffic, but it's just wonderful. And the, the bees just love all the flowers and it covers up the soil so you don't have bare soil. Um, there's other plants out there that, that they put in the bee lawn. Some work and some don't. But you just want to think of plants that you can mow low or you can mow your grass a little high and the plants will be out there and amongst it. A little bit of flowers here and there. It's really, It can be quite attractive, actually. And the Arboretum has some good examples of what bee lawns could look like in your yard. Okay, well, let's do, uh, after the break for weather, let's uh, talk about the Arboretum. For folks, this is, you know, holiday season, a great time to get out there. Uh, Any time of the year is a great time. But we'll talk about the Landscape Arboretum uh, coming up after the break. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we have about a half hour left in the show. But don't wait. As you know, we tend to get busy. So call us or text us with your lawn or garden question, 651 461 9226. Back after the weather here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the 26th of November. Yes, we're talking lawns and gardens. You're probably seeing maybe most, if not all, of your lawn right now. And if you're unlucky enough, like me, it's still uh, leaf-covered. <laughs> but uh, I hope by the end of the day we'll we'll have uh, cleared out some of that stuff, tons of it. Uh, if Denny, just I'm joined, laughing, Denny, I'm yes. laughing with you, not at you. Okay? Yes, you won't be here helping me, I know. <laughs> I will not be helping you. <laughs> Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering uh, your questions today, your lawn and garden questions. So don't wait. You know how tend, uh, we tend to get so busy. We'd love to help you out either by phone or by text, 651 461 9226. Uh, you know, we're getting calls and texts, as, which is not unusual. I'll tell you, well, let's grab a phone call and we'll uh, talk a little bit about the Arboretum. Carl, I think, is, uh, is calling from uh, St. Paul this morning. Good morning. What is your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney? Yeah, I had a question. Uh, is it still uh, too late to overseed yet, grass seed? Carl, that's a really good question. Um, if you can see the soil or the grass in your yard and you can get those seeds to touch the soil, you can still um, do that winter sowing. That's fine. If you've still got snow on the ground or you've got too many leaves and you're not going to take them off um, or you just have, you can't get out there and the grass, the seed can't touch the ground. No, then it is too late for you to seed. So it depends on what your lawn situation is looking like. You know, we always like to talk about the Arboretum and really any time of the year, but this, this time of the year when people are gathering, family, friends are in town, they think, what can we do to entertain, uh, you know, family or friends? What a great uh, outdoors and indoors is to head to the Arboretum, which is really a pretty easy drive. It's a it's a great drive. You just head out on, uh, like, what is it, 212 to 5, and you're there. It's just on the left-hand side, just past 41. Uh, until they change the the um, the intersection there, uh, but yeah, it's just past forty one on the on the left hand side or the south side of the 
Highway 5. It's wonderful. They've got the winter lights going on. Now, you do have to make appointments. You do have to get your easy pass. But they've got the winter lights. Um, There's winter music out there. If you're craving some green stuff, they have a wonderful conservatory to walk through. They have an art gallery to walk through. There's all wonderful, wonderful things. If you're thinking about what you want to put in your yard next year, uh, you can go out and see what do those trees look like in the wintertime. What do those bushes look like in the wintertime? What kind of what kind of winter color can I get in my yard? Look at the different dogwoods, the yellows and the reds. Look at the poplars with their white trunks. Or if you want to um, to uh, just just I'm a lazy gardener, so I say winter interest. Go out there and see what looks like winter interest that you can add to your yard for next year. Uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful place to go. It really is. People love it. And, uh, and again, just west on 5 to 41, that's the closest intersection. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, But you, like uh, Tracy was talking about, you, you do need to make online reservations. You it's do. really you easy. You know what? What else they've got going on out there? Hmm. Um, next, next uh, the 2nd and the 3rd of December, they've got the Herb Society has their winter market. And then on the between the twelve uh, between the sixth and the twentieth, the Apple House has a holiday um, market also. Mm. So there's a lot of things going on out there on the weekends or whenever. So you would go inside for the obviously the Herb Society, but and they have lots of wonderful things. You could get Christmas gifts going on. There's all kinds of stuff you can do out yeah, there. Yeah, and the Apple House that you mentioned, you don't need reservations. That's, that's a don't. little farther west on uh, yep. on 5 and uh, easy and to And that's on the right-hand there. side. You turn yeah. right. And, yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, let's grab another phone call. If you uh, want to call in or text in your lawn or garden question, either way, same number, 651-461-9226. Angie's calling in. Uh, I think Angie's calling in from Dayton this morning. Hi, Angie. What's your question for Teresa? Yeah, hi. Um, this spring I planted three perennial hibiscus, and I'm just wondering if I have to do anything special to winter them. What I would do, Angie, is um, mark them. So put a little, some kind of marker out there, because those guys, they come up really, really late, and you're going to think that they're dead. But put a marker out there. I would also give them a little extra covering of leaves if possible. And then you can pull that back in the spring. But just remember, they come out of dormancy really late. So don't give up on them, Angie. Those hibiscus, they they seem never to come up. And then all of a sudden they come up and then bingo, they're putting out those huge, beautiful flowers that we all love so much, those tropical looking flowers. So good luck and just give them a little extra protection and mark them. Good luck, Angie. Uh, Teresa, this texter uh, says, well, it's Mary from Roseville. Uh, Mary says, can you explain how best to wrap arborvita with burlap, where to get the burlap, how much to cover? We had some brown foliage on some of our arborvita last winter. We did try to water more this fall, however. So how about the the uh, burlap? How does that deal? What What's the process there? There's some ways you can do that, Mary. You can just build a screen in front of the burlap, in front of the burlap, in front of the arborvitae, um, between the north and the west. Just put in, they say, three sticks and run some burlap around that. That will just break the wind and that hot west sun and just protect the arborvitae that way. If you want to um, wrap it, however, 
just it depends on how what size of your arbor arborvitae it is and how big it is but just get the burlap you can buy that in any garden center and very loosely wrap it what you're just trying to do is give it a very loose cover tight enough so it doesn't blow off but you don't want to squish it together you don't want it to look like a mummy out there you want it just loosely wrapped so again it's just going to break the wind and break the sun and just give that plant a little bit of shade so it doesn't lose as much moisture all winter long and then take it off in the spring and the plant should be fine um and then when if you do have any brown you just cut it out okay Dexter says my two-year-old limelight hydrangea has lots of dried blossoms that have uh, pulled the branches downward should i trim the dried flowers off now you, you can trim those off if you want to because they are pulling the branches down and if you don't want it to have that weeping effect, uh, it's just going to get heavier with the snow and more weeping. Uh, really heavy snow could actually break some branches if you are if you get a lot sitting on there. So you may want to just thin some of those flowers off and you can use them in holiday decorations in the house or put them in your compost bin. Okay. Another listener says this, I have a compost bin in my garden and it's full now. In the winter, I'd like to continue this, but wonder how close to my house I can put another without attracting animals. I only put fruit and veggie scraps, coffee grounds, and yard waste. Uh, what you might want to, you know, that could be, it depends on how, how um, tight your house is, but maybe 10, 15 feet away if possible. I wouldn't put it right outside the door because the raccoons or the squirrels are going to be in there digging. If you can put a lid on it, that works really well. Remember, if you have to... Um, cover it you want to get some moisture in there so if we're going to get some snow let the snow get in there and add some moisture to the 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 compost that you're making otherwise i'd say maybe 10 15 feet and then just watch to see what's going on uh some things are going to attract critters more than others the coffee grounds won't attract them but perhaps some lettuce wood or something like that in the winter if you're a squirrel and you're out there you're probably going to be looking for something to eat. So just remember they're out there too. Okay. Uh, I th- assume here uh, that this uh, texture is talking about fescue. How do I get rid of fescue grass? It's wider bladed grass than the regular. It must have been blended in with some seed mixture than I purchased. I'm just assuming. Um, well, the fescue would be a narrow grass. So I'm thinking he might be looking at, a, he or she might be looking at a rye grass or even perhaps um if you want to make sure that you're not you're not dealing with like a perennial quack grass. If it's a perennial quack grass, it's a totally different situation. I would definitely go with extension.umn.edu. Otherwise, if it's just the rye grass, again, you 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 could take it out physically. There's nothing that will just kill rye grass or just kill one grass and not kill another grass. So if you have a big area, you may want to kill that area and then replant with your Kentucky Blue and Fescue mix. But I'm thinking it's probably not a fescue that you're looking at. You're looking at another kind of grass, like a, like perhaps a, I don't know, some kind of invasive grass that you don't want out there. Okay. And, and I would on, go to yes. Extension website for that. Extension.umn.edu. You won't regret it. It's a great you resource. Um, if you have, by the way, if you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions today, either by phone or by text. Six five one four six one nine two two six. There's another one, Teresa. Can I still put down mulch on Monday before the snow and cold on Tuesday? Yes, 
especially if your ground is is uh, frozen and then you can put down your winter mulch if your ground isn't frozen it gets a little tricky putting down a heavy mulch because the voles and the mice like to live above that frozen ground under your mulch it's like a nice insulated house for them and then they dig in and eat all your plants of course life wouldn't be complete without a creeping charlie oh, question good. today <laughs> Uh, this one says, will a thick leaf cover kill Creeping Charlie as it will a lawn? Well, it depends how thick it is and how long you leave it on there. Understand that when you pull that, those le- if, you de- if you then decide to pull those leaves back and you disturb the soil, there's probably Creeping Charlie seeds in that soil that you will then expose to the light and the sunshine and the water and they'll be really happy and they'll grow nicely in that fertile soil (laughs) okay well i couldn't resist uh (laughs) let's do this uh, Teresa. let's uh, take a break we'll uh, come back with uh, the remaining minutes of our smart garden show by the way coming along in the nine o'clock hour as usual we will be answering your home improvement questions andy lindis is back from lindis construction doing that very thing so if you have any project in mind maybe you're in the middle of something and you need a little help or any kind of a home improvement question, uh, keep those in mind and we'll uh, help you out next hour. That's uh, coming along in the 9 o'clock hour here on News Talk 830 WCC. 41 degrees right now are heading for 52. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those very questions for you at 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. Bunch of text messages. Uh, let's uh, get to it, uh, Teresa. Maybe we can help everybody out here. Okie dokie. I'm uh, moving. Texter says in a couple of weeks. Have dug up a peony and elephant. Put them in pots. Uh, how should I manage the plants over winter so I can replant them at my new house in the spring? Hmm. Um, I would just treat them as house plants if you possibly can. Uh, the the elephant you can let go dormant i guess if you want to so let me back up here i would let the elephant plant go dormant if you want to uh, keep it in a cool location give it a little water occasionally if it really wants to grow then just give it some light and let it grow the peony if you can let it go dormant if you have a place that can stay about 32 degrees uh, and then just give it a little bit of water every once in a while in case it looks like it's drying out that would be the best way. Um, and then disturb those peony roots as little as possible when you transplant it in the spring. They don't like to be transplanted very well. They have deep roots, and so they have to grow a whole bunch of new roots. And you may not see flowers for two to three years after that. Okay. There's a listener who's having trouble with moss in the yard, and they've tried to, you know, all these different products, liquid and granular, that work from time to time. The moss turns black. However, it never really goes away for good. I have moss in both full sun, partial shade, uh, and I'm also watching watering amounts. Uh, What what do you think about it? How do you get rid of moss permanently? How do you get rid of moss? You have to change the conditions that it's living in. Right now they're in a soil that stays damp. There's not a lot of air circulation, uh, and there's not a lot of fertility in that soil. So if you can get some more fertility in the soil, dig up the moss maybe or just scrape the moss off, Put down uh, some fertilizer, some compost would really be nice in the spring. If you can get some air movement in that area and then do again, 
think about how you're watering. Do you, can you take the sprinklers off of that situation? Uh, but moss likes certain conditions. So if you can change those conditions, you'll have less chance of moss growing, uh, if that helps. Thinking about the forecast, and, you know, today's high of 52 and these uh, moderating kind of temperatures, although we'll be getting uh, colder temperatures this coming week. But this listener says, and I think it's a good question, is it safe to water trees? It's safe to water trees if the ground is not frozen. If your ground is frozen, don't water the tree. If your ground is not frozen, do give it some water. That would be wonderful. And at the same time, if your ground isn't frozen, you could be doing a soil test now in case you have areas that that you um, have to question. You could send that into the university if you need to do a soil test. I wanted to mention that. I know uh, a listener may have joined us a little bit late, but they wanted Teresa's opinion of not raking the leaves in the fall. What is this going to do to my lawn? That comes from Marty in Minneapolis. Well, you've addressed it before, but what, what actually takes place? Um, well, actually what happens, Marty, is those um, those leaves act as a mulch, and so they're going to smother the grass. If there's just a few out there and you can see a lot of the grass, you're going to be fine. If there's a lot of, of, of mulch and you're blocking off all the sunlight and everything else, they will smother the grass when it comes up in the spring. So... And you don't want to be raking in the spring because the ground is wet and lots of the grass can come up when you rake, no matter how gently you rake, because everybody's out there trying to clean up their yards in the spring and they start ripping and they start raking and they rake too early when the ground's too wet and they pull up a lot of grass. So, So if you can clean your lawn before it goes into winter, that would be good. If you can see about 80-90% of the grass still, you're going to be fine. If you can't see any grass and there's two inches or three inches of leaves on there, you're probably going to deal with some problems in the spring. Okay. You'll have to help me with this one, Teresa. Should moonbeam, is it coreopsis, mm-hmm. be cut back for winter? Um, you know, that's totally up to you. It doesn't have to be. It's going to die to the ground. You can leave it up in the winter for some winter interest, or you can cut it back a little bit. It probably doesn't have thick enough stems that you're going to have nesting bees in there, and they're not flying around and nesting anymore right now. Uh, If you want to, though, you can clip it back uh, two to three inches above the ground and then just put that in your compost bin. Or if you think the stems could have been big enough so that nesting bees could lay eggs in there, just set all those twigs under a lilac bush or under something that they can just stay and decompose and the bees can hatch in the spring and come out and do what they're doing and they'll be out of sight and everything else. But you don't have to cut back your moonbeam, but you can. Here's an interesting question, and I wonder how difficult it is to tell when the ground is frozen. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of just easy. You go out there and you walk on it, and if it feels hard like cement, you know it's frozen. Oh. Or you can, <laughs> so or you can actually just take a little shovel and just try to dig into it. And maybe the top like inch won't be frozen, but then you get down, you know, half an inch, and all, all of a sudden you're hitting like like rock hard. Then that means it's frozen or almost frozen. So then you just, you don't want to be digging in it if it's frozen. Don't be disturbing it. Just put it back to sleep and go on your okay. way. All right. Very good. But that's a good question yeah, because we say, too. you know, it's we assume people know, but you can't just assume people know because if you don't know, you don't know. Well, especially with uh, moderating temperatures like we've had. We've had such a weird, and I, and I keep saying that all the time, but it's just been so fluctuating all yes. the time. Hot and cold and hot and cold. So you really don't know what the ground is. I mean, it should be frozen by now. But we've had a lot of warm days above, you know, 32 degrees. Yep. 
and it takes a long time for the ground to freeze. A couple of minutes to go on the show, Teresa. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, another one uh, says this. I got uh, some iris bulbs given to me this November. Uh, what should I do with them now? Oh, and not planted, I'm assuming. Um, I would try to keep those in a cool, uh, sort of dampish location, like a, 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 a store cellar. A cellar would be good if you have something like that, a root cellar. Um, otherwise, just keep it where you would try to maybe save like tulip bulbs over winter. Um, you could also put them in soil and just set them in a cool, dark location and give them some water once in a while uh, just to keep them, you know, chilled, like, you know, 32, 35 degrees. You don't really want them to grow. Uh, they don't need a lot of protection, but you don't want them growing because they're really... Yeah, they shouldn't be growing in your house. Okay. And finally, I think we're going to get to all the text messages. Uh, Texture has a yucca plant. Do I need to cover it with leaves for the winter? Probably not if it's been in your yard a few years. Otherwise, if you want to, you can just give the base a little bit of protection from some leaves. It probably will do some dieback, and then it may green up again uh, fully for you in the spring, or it may have to come back from the roots. But the roots are probably established. I would just give it a little extra leaf protection. Maybe borrow some of Denny's leaves. <laughs> yes, or all of them. We'll have, <laughs> or all we'll of have them. <laughs> We'll have a dump truck full for you. Uh, Teresa, we've got to run. Uh, advising okay. our listeners, boy, get to the uh, Landscape Arboretum if you possibly can. You'll love it there and want to go back again and again and so will your friends and relatives. Uh, Landscape University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum, you need the reservations online. And uh, get to the website. Give us that website location as we head out of here. Extension.umn.edu and have a wonderful day, everybody. And have a great week. Uh, Teresa, thanks so much. Uh, We'll be talking to you soon, I know. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Uh, Don't forget now, coming along just a matter of minutes, Andy Lindis will be joining us for another edition of our Home Improvement Show. So if you have any kind of a home improvement question, by all means, save it for a few minutes, and uh, you can call it in or text it in uh, next hour. Sunshine today here in the Twin Cities. Wow. We expect highs Near 52 degrees will drop to 31 overnight. And for your Sunday tomorrow, cloudy through mid-morning. Gradual clearing then, high near 37. Right now in the Twin Cities, partly cloudy, 41 degrees in the Twin Cities. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, 
empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.